Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Time Is Now podcast. My name is Jody Albert Moss, and today we have a very special guest, my friend Savan Meniskasnian, and she's an author. She's written an awful a novel. It's been well received. Lots of wonderful writings about it, and I think it's best I just turn it over to her right now, Savan. Hi, my name is Savan Minaskanian. I'm the author of Wintertime. It's a YA fiction romance, and it's ages 12 and up. There is no age limit uh, like a typical YA that people usually think of, uh, because I also think YA stands for young again, not just young adult. Um, inspired to write from my father. He had the skill, the knowledge, and the ability to write, even though he was never published, but he always wrote about everything, whether he was on vacation, whether he saw something historical uh, that he needed to write about, but he wrote and wrote and wrote. He just never made it, turn it into a book. So this is, even though I wrote it and mine is about romance, but it's actually tribute to him because my father is no longer here. Um, and then I got the stories also to, also some stuff from my mom. She always looked li at life. She's here, thank, thank God. She also looked at life um, positively. Whenever she ran into problems, whenever things didn't go their way, she never felt, why is this happening to me? She always taught me to take that and turn it into a life lesson stories. So I got to learn how to deal with that part of my life from my mother. So I have the combination of uh, both of their um, way of thinking, which is good for a, an author because when you're telling stories, you want to not just have it in here. You got to learn how to also write it. You can't just be in your head. I'm. I was raised here uh, in Los Angeles, and I'm very happy that I was raised here. I think uh, United States of America is one of the most beautiful places to live, get married, and raise children. I'm very thankful for that. I'm very thankful that in in this country, you get to make your dreams come true. Uh, you have the uh, freedom to do it. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, in high school, I, when I was in a literature class years ago, my teacher read one of my, I would say it wasn't, it was like a short story. We had a homework to do and she made everybody stand up and read it. And even though that wasn't my major, uh, I never knew that what I was gonna do in the future. She told me, one day you're gonna write a book because the way you tell stories, it feels like the person is actually there with you going through what you're seeing, what the people are wearing, where the furniture is, the way you describe it in details. And I laughed, I'm like, wow, why would she say that? That's, that's, I mean, that's a compliment, but I never knew that it was gonna come true. 
I wish I could find her. I have her picture in my yearbook. I wish I could go back and tell her, you're right. Look what happened years later. What you said came true. But maybe hopefully one day soon, if she sees this or anything else, uh, any other interview, I would love to thank her, maybe even invite her and meet hug and say, you saw something in me years before I even did. So I'm very thankful for that teacher to encourage me like that. And uh, I am married uh, to my husband. His name's Peter. And I have two children, uh, 25-year-old Viken Minaskanian and 22-year-old Lori Minaskanian. I live in Los Angeles. And that's about it as far as uh, myself goes. If people want to know, always tell the truth. And um, that's about it as far as me. Um, what inspired me to write, I already said. Uh, I got a lot of, once I wrote my manuscript, it was very hard for me to turn it into a book because a lot of the people out there uh, were trying to change it to other kinds of stories. And I wanted to stick to what I know. I wanted to stick to the story being between a, a young girl and a young guy and didn't, didn't want to change the story the way they wanted me to do it. Uh, even though the story itself took three months to write, but it took four years to, I would say I'm self-published, but I got, if I would have changed my story to the way they wanted me to do it, I would have gotten published. And But I didn't want to change that because uh, my belief of God is very important to me and family, and I didn't want to go against my belief. Um, and I finally got self-published, but I did it a little bit different than other people. I didn't let go of everything. I actually was involved in every step of the way. Even though I hired a graphics designer, I was involved in every bit of the cover, the spine, the back, even every snowflake you could see on my book cover. I was involved in it. It was very important to me that it didn't look like a cutesy little um, teenage love story because it's not. It's very old fashioned love story. That's why I have a lot of the readers that read my book are, I mean, they go from 12 to 70. And the other day, 93 year old wrote back to me saying, she loved the story. So she came to my book signing and it was in her bucket list that she's 93. She's never been to a book signing live. So she came to my book signing and she was thrilled. And uh, she said she can relate. Of course, none of us are born that age. Everybody was a high school teenage one. So they can all relate to my story. And um, I wanted to write a story about something that's different from everything you read or everything you see on television. I didn't want to write about broken families, divorced families, people on drugs, alcohol, not that that's anything bad. People hopefully get help and get through it. But I was always telling myself, why doesn't anybody ever write about the people who did good all their life? How come they don't get a 
good job. Why does somebody always that's do messing up and then they correct themselves? Then they, what about the person who was good all their life? They stayed on track. They were, um, they loved their family. Everybody got along. So I said, I want to write about those kind of people that did good all their life and they worked all their life and they didn't get lucky and become rich or famous. They worked and, you know, as somebody says, the harder I work, the luckier I seem to be. I don't know who actually said that originally, but somebody said that. So I wanted to write about that. I wanted to say, look, not everybody in family or um, cousins or brothers, sisters hate each other. There are families out there. They, they love each other. Um, they go to church on Sunday. Uh, they help everyone. It doesn't matter what religion or what politics they believe in. Um, and I also wanted to write about people that are always seem to get the bad part of the, the, the bargain, I guess. I don't know how to word it. For example, every book I've read or every movie I've seen, always they make the rich people look like they're snobby. They're rude, they make fun, and they're full of themselves. There's a lot of people that are wealthy, that are very kind, and you won't even know they're wealthy. They're dressed very humble. They are very humble themselves. They help a lot of people. They're not snobby. They don't make fun. So I wanted to show that you can still be well-off, but you can still be humble. Not every well-off person is going to put it all over you know, their, their, your face or treat you bad like you've seen movies or in books. Uh, I wanted to make sure that people know that there's a lot of them out there that are very, very kind to people and you won't even know that they're millionaires or whatever. And I wanted to also tell that part of the story that's in my book that uh, my character, Victoria Evans, she's very well off and she's very nice and she's very beautiful and Beautiful people get bullied too, believe it or not. Uh, the world has turned around. People, you see on television that, you know, beautiful people are being doing the bully, but there are a lot where they're getting bullied too because they're beautiful. They get bullied and they have no self-esteem. It's not like you can put your, you know, your experience on a teenager. It's, they need to have life experience to see that, um, even though they're getting bullied, they're still beautiful, they're still smart, but they don't see it that way. They don't have our experiences, which comes with age. And I wanted to tell them uh, a story without telling them, because again, teenagers, when you tell them what to do, nobody listens to you. But if you tell it in a story, in a love story, they actually are learning without knowing that they're learning about life, how to handle bullies, how to try to save yourself until marriage. I have some lessons about that, but again, it's through a love story so that they listen. And I always bring up the sample of Titanic. There were so many kids back when Titanic came out, they only knew Titanic was a ship that went down. But because they added Jack and Rose to it, all of a sudden, everybody went and saw the movie because it was a love story, but Really, they learned what happened to the ship, how they got hit, how many people died, without knowing that they're learning about it. 
So that's what I wanted to do about my book. I wanted them to learn uh, about life lessons without knowing that they're learning and add a really old fashioned love story to it, which is William Winters and uh, Victoria Evans. That's why the title of my book is two words. Usually winter time is one word, but the last name of the love of her life is winter. So that's why I called it winter time. And also she loves the season winter. So that's why the book cover is, you know, the snow and the forest and everything. And um, that's, that's about it. I mean, it's, it's winter saga. It's three books. It, the story continues. It's a trilogy, 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 if I say it correctly. And um, the story continues to book, book two, book three. I just started writing book two. Um, and I'm looking forward to it because the second time around, you know, hopefully, God willing, it should go a lot smoother. And now I know all the steps of what, what it takes to write a book. I thought it was just writing and it, it's not like that. And I even hired a professional editor, Elaine Ash. She's a great editor, great. Uh, she edit my, edited my book. And then um, a guy named Benjamin. I'm so sorry, I forgot his last name. I will post it if somebody wants to know. Um, it's also in my book if they wanna see it. Did the graphic part and um, that's it. I mean, it's available now at Barnes and Noble, uh, Amazon. I don't know if you know what Ingram sailor for all the books. Uh, if big, People want to buy my books that go to, like Barnes and Noble will only buy it from Ingram's Park. They won't buy it from Amazon. All the schools and libraries and all the bookstores, they only buy from Ingram's Park because if you buy it from Amazon, I guess they don't make enough money. I, I don't know what the reason is, but uh, Ingram's Park is a wholesaler. And I'm also available at Walmart, Target, over 200 bookstores. My book is Beautiful. available. Yeah. That's yeah. Really and I did have a book signing too at Barnes and Noble in Burbank, California, Santa Clarita, California. And I have one on May 13th, uh, Glendale, California, Barnes and Noble at the Americana. And I have one at the Grove coming up in, um, I believe end of June. I'm doing a little uh, local tour of Barnes and Noble, and then I will be going to other bookstores too, so. That's, that's about it. And um, the first day that I signed my book at Burbank, California, Barnes & Noble, it snowed in Los Angeles. Wow. It, I was like, first I was like, no one's going to show up because the freeways were closed and this and that because Los Angeles never sees snow. So people were freaking out. But in my shock, over 108 people showed up in the snow when they were telling us everyone to stay home and not to go out. So in my speech that day, I said, I guess I brought winter time to winter time because that's the title of my book. So that was very, very exciting for me. I guess I took it as good luck that it snowed in Los Angeles, which was very. One more thing about the book. Um, I'm very close to nature. I love nature, especially the forest. 
Uh, I love the rain. I love the fog. I like, I'm the opposite of everyone else. I'm more alive when it's foggy, the dark clouds. I'm because it makes it more romantic to me. So in the book, um, Victoria Evans is born in June and the month of June has three, actually two stones and a pearl. That's the only month that has that many um, birthstones in the month, which is pearl, um, alexandrite stone and moonstone. And a moonstone is just, the definition of that, if you can look it up, it's so beautiful of what it means. And I couldn't believe it because um, it made, the definition was so romantic why the moonstone was uh, what it was about. So I was very happy to hear after I wrote the book that the definition of all those three were so beautiful and romantic and it was just a coincidence. And um, so I was happy about that too. Good. Everything you've been saying resonates totally with me. Um, you know, I've written a book as well, and I, I, I followed the same thinking you did. I self-published for the same reasons. I didn't want to be written out of the book. It's just so refreshing to hear. I, and I know the challenges that you went through writing that book. It, it, it was monumental. And I believe, yeah, the second book should be better for you. Can you speak a little bit about the uh, the process of writing a book, like, did you have a daily routine? Did you write daily or like, I've done a lot of energy work and, and I compare writing a book to the most intense energy clearing you could ever do. It's like peeling off an onion, every word you put down, another layer comes off. Can you kind of speak to that? Yes. Sure. I have a very interesting story about that actually. I just want to tell people out there, that you can't write a book between, you look at the time, 2.45 and 3.15. It doesn't work that way. You write the book when it comes to you. You can't put a time limit on there. Uh, I don't know anybody that can do that. And if you can, that's incredible that you can just say, okay, and between this time and this, I'm going to write. I write my book when stories come to me, whether it's two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, I write a little note next to my nightstand. I don't have to sit there and get up and write the whole chapter, but I put it a little note so I remember what the story that came to me was about and I put it to the side. Then I get up in the morning, I after my normal routine, uh, I personally have to have a complete quiet or else I won't be able to work. I get distracted real quick. So, I know the stories are coming to me and I'm about, I'm about to write, but because my book is romantic, I have to get in the mood. I can't go from folding a laundry to writing about romance. So what I do is I put myself, I make my brain think I'm somewhere else. And in Los Angeles, because for me, it has to be rainy, cold, foggy to, for me to get going, I fool my brain by playing sound effects of the rain and thunder on Alexa. I make myself think it's cold and rainy outside. And, you know, the, 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 I'm in that, I don't, I'm in the mountains somewhere in the forest. And my brain in five, 10 minutes starts thinking I actually am there because I'm training it. Then I watch maybe 10 minutes max of any 
love story that I love, which is, I start with Romeo and Juliet 1968 version because that's my favorite version of Romeo and Juliet. I actually watched Twilight because Twilight was also in the forest. Um, the Notebook, whatever. And I save those parts on my DVR. I watch it. I get into that, their world. And then the rain, the thunder. And then all of a sudden, like you said, the chapters just boom, 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 boom. They might not all be good, but they're there. I can edit it, rewrite it, however, but the story starts coming to me. That's how I wrote the book. Um, but everybody is different. A uh, lot of people, when I actually said that on my book signing, they were thinking that's a great idea because some people like the beach. Maybe they can make you know, tropical sound effects and make them think they're at the beach. But I gave that trick out to them so they can fool their brain and tell, make them think uh, wherever their desire is, that's where they're there. And they can just keep going. And everybody has the writer's block. It, 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 you know, they just go dark. Don't give up. There's days I can write 200 pages. Um, and then there's days where not one sentence makes sense to me. Don't write just to write because then you'll be, it won't be a good story. Write notes and write when it comes to you or you'll just go back and redo it over and over and you will never ever be ready. You will be constantly editing and uh, two years go by you're still editing because you wrote when it wasn't your story. It was uh, just whatever you were trying to just fill in some words. Don't do that because I know a lot of people that walked up to me and said they've had a manuscript for five years and they're afraid to give it. They keep editing it over and over again. And I told them, listen, if you do it that way, you will never get published, whether you're published through a, a professional or self-published, which to me, self-published has so many more advantages to it if you self-publish. I tell them, write. And when you're done, give it to the editor or whoever you want to give it to, or else you will never it will never turn into a book. And then I said, I know I probably have lots of mistakes in my book, but I don't care. Because if I would have waited more, many more years, I would have never published my book. If I have an extra comma somewhere, or I put a comma where uh, I didn't put a comma where it belongs, or I have a run-on sentence, the point is you know the meaning of my story. I am not an editor, I'm a storyteller. And if it, mistakes happen, please forgive me, I'm human. So if you think like that and you don't pay attention to the negative stuff that people say when they read your book, you don't like it, close the book. Just like changing a channel, changing the radio station. I'm not forcing anyone to read it, but knock on wood, no one to my face said that yet. Uh, whether it's people I know or just people that follow me, no one said that yet. Even if they do, I will tell them the same thing. Uh, the story is like food. Everybody likes different food. Everybody likes a different story. If you're not into romance, um, my, my book is not for you. Or sometimes, sometimes, uh, couples, especially teenagers, when they're going through a breakup, 
they don't want to read romance. They're upset at romance. So they take it out on the person who wrote the romance. But when they're in love, oh, they're all over your book. So it depends what the person is going through. That also affects the audience. Uh, so going ahead with your question, that's, I want to tell them, don't give up, no matter what age. When you're finished, you give it to the editor. Don't worry about it or else you will never get published. And another thing I had to go through was because of uh, Corona, COVID, I had to wait two years extra for everyone to, you know, to work. So that's why it took extra long for my book to, to get on there because of the two years, nobody wanted to work and nobody wanted to do anything. So. Yeah. And the same with me, like I self-published my daughter and my wife edited it. I didn't, I don't want, I'm not a, a volume book writer. I had information to pass on and I passed on the information. Same with your books. You have, you want to share some knowledge, some experiences. That's the important part. And yeah, people don't want my book. Don't buy my book. It's simple. You yeah, know? exactly. And exactly. That's, that's why I didn't go through the uh, audio platforms in the beginning because I, I see, I personally value holding a book and reading a book, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the smell of the book. Yeah. It's so it makes it so real in front of you, you know, yeah. so, that it's a real person. Like you said, it's, it's, the, you know, the audio. I mean, I understand why people keep telling you, or they also tell me when are you going to do it audio? So I can listen to it in the car. Are you going to do it audio? Uh, I was thinking about a lot of people who can't physically can't turn the page maybe do it, doing it for them. Um, people who drive a lot for work. I, I don't know. So I was looking, looking into it and also Kindle. I have it on Kindle, but having family, like you said, have your wife and your daughter um, edit it and everything. That is great to have that in a family um, because they not only correcting it, they're actually looking out for you on top of that. They're not just some you just hired so i would talk to your wife and your daughter if a lot of people want your book also for audio you never know they might come up with an answer that you didn't think of everybody well, yeah price you know they do want my book in audio and this is the way i'll do my book in audio i will read the book and create the audio book so that my personality is still in it and I don't pronounce every word perfect and I stumble sometimes. And But that's the way the book will be. And if you value it, you will get it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, a lot of people might say, you know, there's so many kinds of way of thinking. You can't make everybody happy. So no. you do what you do, long as you're not hurting anyone, you're not putting anybody down, uh, you're not saying bad stuff to them on social media you're you're being yourself and you're writing a story and if they want it it's there for them to read it if they don't want to read it close the book <laughs> exactly i got another one for you um okay i know this was challenging for me what was it like for you when your book was finished and you were getting ready you you had the green light to go get it printed for me that was a huge obstacle and when it was printed it was a huge obstacle selling it. 
Because oh, I yes. That, that's part of us going out there, right? Correct. You are so correct on that. Oh, my goodness. I'm not good with anything electronical. I'm very old-fashioned. People always used to say, do you have Facebook? I said, I have a face and I have a book, but yeah. I don't have Facebook. <laughs> so I, you know, it was a challenge because in high school, they didn't teach us this. They didn't have stuff like this back then. So I never got to learn it. As my husband says, the perfect person to do this stuff, uh, to get you going, you know, putting your books in whatever is a 13-year-old teenager, you just give it to them and they can do it with their eyes closed. So as far as putting it in Amazon and Ingram Spark for them to get it printed, I just, I don't have the words. I could not because... There's not a, a real life person in front of you. Everything, you fill it in, you do it wrong, you click on it, it doesn't accept, you click on it, it doesn't accept, and you get so aggravated. You're like, what am I? Unless everything is done. So I finally gave up and paid um, the same guy who did my book cover the graphic part and also my editor together, they put it on Amazon. I paid them to do it. And same with Ingram Spark. I paid someone to do it because I didn't want to spend another four or five months trying to make it perfect for them to say, okay, your book is uh, available now. I already waited four years. I was getting very impatient. I was like, okay, this, so I just saved part of that money that I had in my budget and I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it, but I did try. I tried before. It's too many steps, too many things, and too many different way of asking things. If Amazon wants it one way, Ingram Spark wants it another way. And the reason I did both is because Amazon's ISBN, you can't, like I said, the schools and the libraries and Barnes and Noble and all the bookstores and Target, whatever. They, they, the ISBN that I did, which no one told me, it doesn't work. They have to, I had to go become a member of Ingram Spark to get the ISBN for the whole world to be able, because it's unknown. People bought my books after I became an Ingram Spark member from China, Netherlands, Australia, England, Middle East, and some other country. I was shocked. And I have a really good review on Goodreads from a professional from Australia that's on Goodreads. So I didn't want to wait any longer. So I had to go ahead and hire someone to do that part, uh, which I'm very thankful that I did because I would have I would have still been dealing with it, you know, making the fixing the mistakes and uh, or whatever I was not been able to do. And once you learn it, if you're in this field, I guess it's easy because they were they did it in a couple of days, but. <laughs> it in three weeks i couldn't if, if my wife and daughter hadn't helped me my book would still be in the cupboard you know i, I yeah I, we have our skill level we do what we can and we need help that's fine that's how the world works right did you write your book on a right on a computer? Did right you, did you write it with a keyboard your book like on a computer I yeah well i started I started writing it. I, my husband brought me a journal and I have a re, I have a whole story of why I started writing. It's so, so dreamy and romantic and sad. And, but that's a whole another story. That's a whole another um, 
um, podcast if you want to do, do this again and tell you how I started, what made me write on top of my ability. Yeah, that, I, that I definitely mom, want to have you back on again. The, the, the yeah. knowledge and experience you're sharing is just, it's priceless to people. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I would love to tell you that part of the story because it's very unusual. It's not something that you hear every day, but that's a whole, like I said, that's a whole nother show. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot what you asked me already. Um, I think oh, I not, like, it's an energy how I wrote keyboard, yeah. Oh, keyboard, that's right, keyboard. I wrote it in a journal. After my hand was going to fall off, I told my husband, I need a plain, plain, plain keyboard attached to a computer because uh, a laptop, because on the laptop, I don't like the way the buttons are. They're so thin. And I'm used to those, you know, <laughs> back in high school, where we you. used to Me type too. on a typewriter. So yep. we bought a wireless keyboard that just uh, attaches to your laptop. So I feels like I'm actually typing on a typewriter. And I went and had to finish the whole thing on that. And he taught me how to save it, even though automatically it saves itself. I hit save just so I don't lose it. And then I backed it up so that I don't lose it. Um, but that's how it worked for me. I couldn't do it on the laptop. It was driving me nuts with the mouse or the, you know, moving yeah. it with the finger. I, I needed have, my. I have one of those keyboards as well. Mine Bluetooth to the computer, but it sounds yeah. like a mechanical typewriter. Yes, I had to do it that way. I couldn't do it any other way. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote. Actually, there's one part. I remember chapter seven, I think it was. I went back and read it. I, I, I laughed so hard at, what my, at myself for what I did. I guess my son in real life walked in. So I asked him, Vikan, did you eat? And I accidentally typed, Vikan, did you eat? <laughs> in my story thank goodness I read it back and I had to obviously just shows you that how involved you get into your story oh, yeah. and 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 a real life something happens and you forget and you write it at one point Victoria Evans got hurt in the book and I got up and I was limping and I'm like why am I limping it's the character that got hurt so right. it just it's so funny that it takes over you the whole story you start listening like believing your own writing and in a year or two later when I went back and I read it I was like wow did I really write this this is like a great story you know of course it's your own story you're gonna like it but you know, it yeah. just seemed like I was reading somebody else's book which was nice you know and that feeling is you only can experience it you can tell people but if they don't experience it, they're, they're, they're like, oh, come on. Or sometimes I forget the characters, uh, not the main character, somebody's last name. They're like, you forgot? But yeah, it's been four years. <laughs> sometimes I have to go back and like, what did I name the last name? You know, it yeah. happens. I'm a human. I'm human. Um, but some people don't believe you. They're like, well, then how do you forget the last name? You do. Because I'm not just doing this. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. There's many, many things in my head, you know? So, and the second part of your question, how did I get my book once it was printed? Okay. If you print your books with an agent and the agent goes to a publisher, voila, you just sit there and you just wait. You don't have to do anything. 
the agent gets first you get the agent of course that's that's a major deal if you do find an agent that will pick you up that's you know query letter you have to write a query letter and good luck on an agent picking you up they are extremely picky extremely they want it this way they want it that way you're not famous enough you're like Okay, like how did the famous people get started? They started with step one. They didn't just come up and become famous unless you're a celebrity. Then everybody will pick up your book. So that part kind of annoyed me. Like it's like saying when you graduate from college, they people say, oh, I can't hire you. You have no experience. How am I going to get experience if nobody hires you? You know, if somebody's got to hire so you can get your first experience. So it's kind of like that. You... Nobody wants you because you're not known author, but to get to be a known author, you have somebody has to give you your first um, deal. So that's a, again, a whole another subject with the agents. And the agent goes to the publisher. The publisher now is publicizing the heck out of you. He, they do the PR, they do the social media, they do promotional items, they write, they advertise on TV. You don't have to do anything. But when I had to self-publish and do everything myself, I kid you not, Jody, I I was going insane because I had to do everything myself. Part part one, I wanted to have, I don't know if you saw my pictures on Instagram. Um, I had to have a backdrop. I wanted it to look nice and professional. So I made my book cover into a backdrop matching the table cover. And then I put my seven time Instagram right on there so people can come up and see, they can follow me. And I made my own logo in the story. There's one part where it's angel wings. So I put the two angel wings together and it became a butterfly. And then I put a cross and I, I turned that into my own logo. I did that myself. Then the social media I had to start where I had to talk about my book. I had to print, you know, part of my book. I had to do reviews, the reels. I had to learn how to do reels. I don't know how to do reels on Instagram. I had to learn it. I have a great guy, Vic's marketing. His name is Vic. Finally, I found him just a couple of weeks ago and he's helping me to learn how to do reels. And because posts, people don't pay attention to him. They want a reel, they want a video or they want this, they want that. So I had to learn how to do that. And this guy is great at it. He was helping me. Um, then I had to go get promotional items. So when I do do my book signing debut, people want stuff to give out, which is nice because it's like additional advertising. So I made a drawstring backpack. Like nothing expensive, but drawstring backpack for the teenagers or, or anyone to use when they go to the gym or if they want to put something in a suitcase, they could put it in there and put it in there. I wanted a promotional item to be useful. I didn't want them to take it home and just put it in the corner and never look at it again. So I gave them that and I, it says wintertime on the backpack. I also gave them a pen that says wintertime and I also gave them a bookmark. And one side, I made it my book name. The other side, I put all my information on the bookmark. So it's kind of like a business card, which again, that was my husband's idea. He said, put, you know, seven on time, uh, your information, how to find you, this, that, if they want to, where your book is available. So that if 
somebody needs to, they can find you. So I was giving away promotional items. Then for people who won my book on raffles and stuff, I made a custom box. Again, it's on Instagram, made with the insert where you open the box, it's a magnet and I you put the uh, book inside and closes and we turn on it, turn it around. It says winter time in beautiful silver color. And I gave that away to winners, to um, owners of businesses that, you know, or that are gonna sell my book. I give it away to kids that are like, they read books like two, three books a week. You know, I didn't just do it to celebrities or to this. I also gave it to people who deserve it and nobody knows them because I don't believe in just giving it away just for your own, uh, uh, to get ahead, you know, not my own purpose. I also don't forget when I go one step forward, I look 10 steps back. I don't forget those people. Those, they were there for me. I don't do that. So I also gave boxes like that, custom boxes to them. So that was, if it wasn't for my husband helping me with all that stuff, that was a whole additional, you know, promotional items, the PR, uh, getting your name out there, people being rude on the phone because they have no idea. You're, Hi, my name is Sivan. And where'd you write the book? Oh, it's self-published. Oh, oh, we don't do that. Click, they hang up the phone on your face. You can't get mad. You can't get upset. You can't take it personally. Because if you get mad and sad and upset and take it personally, you won't make it. You need this, your skin has to be this thick for you to uh, not get emotional and overwhelmed. And, you know, sometimes people cry uh, because um, they get shut down so fast. Uh, and there are some people that were very nice and they took me in like I was Stephen King Stephanie Myers, J.K. Rowling, Jane Austen, however you want to name it, whoever is your book coach, or Jody, <laughs> or Jody Moss. I totally, Moss. I totally relate to what you're saying. It's true. Yeah. It just, you yeah. just got to keep going. It, but every, anybody can do it. But on that note, like we're over our 30 minute mark. So I'd like to, I'd like to have a lot of fantastic information you've shared with us. Um, please let us know, are there any upcoming book signings? Yes, I have one on Saturday, May 13th at 2 p.m. at Barnes & Noble, Glendale, California, uh, at the Americana, which is a beautiful shopping center. And the middle is like a water fountain that moves to the music, kind of like Bellagio in Vegas. And then I have one at the Grove. Again, they are going to give me the date next week, but it looks like end of June or beginning of July and it's the Barnes and Noble at the Grove it's called the Grove and it's the same thing they have beautiful um, shopping center where the middle is all pretty like 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 Bellagio and um, those two stores were very hard to get into actually I made a comment how hard it was to get into the Glendale Barnes and Noble I said it's easier to get into the White House than to get <laughs> to get into that one so that were I worked on it five months by myself I didn't give up but I finally got it. So those are the two upcoming ones. I have more in San Diego, Irvine. I have one come Calabasas, but I don't, I don't have the dates. So if people okay. want to know. Yeah, what I'll do can, is, and you're also on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? It's at Sevantime, S-E-V-A-N-T-I-M-E. 
if they follow me on Instagram, I will put save the date first. And then later on, as uh, soon as I find out the details, I always post where it's going to be, what time it's going to be. And my events aren't called book signing anymore. They said it's called live events because the way I do it, it's like an event. It's like a live event. It's, it doesn't feel like book signing because I don't just sit there and they come by and I just sign the book. I don't do it that way. I actually, first hour, I talk for 15 minutes about me and my book. Then my editor asks me questions and then I go to the audience and I take a Q&A. I make it a whole event. So I get to know the people that are coming to me. I'm not just here, here. I don't care how many people are there, 20 to 300. I want to know each person one by one. Wonderful. And yeah, that's, that's what I'm, gonna, I'm going to be doing at the Glendale one. It's going to be an event. And sometimes they say two hours and last time it took, they said two, it lasted almost three and a half hours. Wow. That's really good. Because <laughs> I, I talk to everybody. Good, I, yeah. I but you know, we need that personal interaction, right? Right, um, right. Right. Okay. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna sign off now, but all the all your information your will be put on the post. This will go up on YouTube, it will go up on Spotify and about nine other podcast platforms. And I also share it across, I think I, I'm active on about nine social media platforms. So We'll, we'll get we'll get the information out there and it'll be fantastic so i'm gonna thank you for being on my show i really enjoyed it um yeah i'll be thanking you for inviting me uh, i'm definitely going to put you on my instagram once you let let me know that it's done and i'm also going to give you a shout out because i love your posts i love your videos. I love that you walk in the snow and you find footprints of animals and yeah. you put that. I love stuff like that. And I love the stones, the way you explain about energy. So I thank you, Jody. You're wonderful. And I'm so happy. However, we found each other. God put us together. I'm very thrilled. I'm very happy. Thank you. Wonderful. You. Okay. I'd like to thank everyone for being part of our show. This has been the Time Is Now podcast. And I look forward to sharing with everybody soon. Bye-bye. Definitely. Bye, Jody. Thank you. You're welcome.